0: to the inaugural episode of Duval Till We Pod. I'm your host Daniel Griffiths joined by JC. How are you doing my friend?
1: Oh man I'm living the dream. You know I'm I'm getting to talk about the Jaguars and other going-ons in the NFL with with my good buddy. So I I really don't think there's a better place to be at just after midnight than talking Jaguars and NFL draft with good friends. Uh
0: so we're uh, a little a little less than a week out now. Um you know, as the draft closes, uh, you know, come, comes closer, we gives you a better idea of what exactly is going to happen, both at pick one and throughout the rest of the first round. We
1: are Jake Luton days away. Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> well, by the time this drops, probably will be, I think tomorrow on my countdown, it is Rudy Ford, uh, because Quinn Gray wasn't drafted, so I couldn't use him as a, a draft countdown.
0: Oh, yeah, so you've, think, been, you've uh, been posting. You've been posting. Every, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I started it. I started at day twenty-five, and I purposely—I've I've used some good players, but I on eighteen, I had no choice but to use my dog Matt Jones, uh, the cocaine cowboy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> did,
0: did I see? Was it Denard Robinson or Ace Sanders that I saw as well?
1: Uh, Denard Robinson. Denard 16, Robinson.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Denard. I, I, oh yeah. yeah,
1: it's hard not to love Denard. He's he's the offensive weapon on the depth chart.
0: I can't believe there was a time and place where he was our starting running
1: back for an entire season. A time and place where – there's a lot of time and places as, uh, in Jaguars fandom. Yeah,
0: Mike Thomas was our number one wide receiver for a while. Uh, so, 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 uh, you know, Trent Baalke talked recently uh, about what what their plans are with the number one overall selection. Um, they said they're going to, they're going to have meetings and they haven't yet picked who they're going to, who they're going to select. Uh, that's a bit concerning, uh, that they haven't, you know, they don't, they haven't find, uh, you know, found who exactly that they want to pick at, at number one. Um, hopefully, hopefully they figure that out soon. Uh, he did mention that they've got it down to four names. Um, you know, me and JC have a pretty good idea who three of those names are. Uh, the fourth one's a, a, a bit of a toss-up. Um, you know, we're we're looking at, you know, Evan Neal. Um, I I, uh, I think Jermaine Johnson could be a possibility there. I, I can't imagine that Trent Malky's a, a Kayvon Thibodeau fan. Um, and, and then after that, I'm a bit lost. Uh, I was curious what, you know, what your thoughts are there for the fourth guy.
1: Uh, I, I'm still really kind of thinking Evan Neal was my, my, my first guess. Uh, I think the first three are pretty easy. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's Aiden Hutchinson, who many consider to be the best player in the draft. You have uh, Iki Iquanu, who is apparently who Doug Peterson really likes, who would be a great uh, starting out at guard and then bumping out to tackle uh, with our new line coach, Phil Rosher from Minnesota, that wide zone attack that they want to run. Um, and then Travon Walker, who it seems to most in, you know, the national media and stuff to be who Trent Baalke prefers based on his projections of how good of an athlete he is. But that fourth name is kind of, is, a, is, is, interesting. I'm surprised they mentioned four. Is it still just a smokescreen? They don't want to say three to seem obvious of who the three are. Are they throwing out four just to kind of keep things interesting? But if, if I was putting money on the fourth guy, I would guess Evan Neal strictly because, I don't think Charles Cross is in consideration, obviously. Um, I don't think any other position other than O-line and Edge is in consideration. I don't think they'd go receiver. Kyle Hamilton, who at one time was considered the best player in the draft, has slid to basically not being a top ten prospect to a lot of people. So I would think Evan Neal is probably that fourth name if I was betting.
0: If our if our corner room wasn't so busy as it is, you know, maybe maybe Sauce Gardner or or Stingley, you know, would be in consideration there. But I, I can't imagine that that's the case. You know, with with our corner room, it's it's pretty loaded as it is right now. Um, so I, that that was that was a curious one. I hope that we figure out who it is after the draft. Um, you know, I know sometimes sometimes they'll say you know who who's in consideration for the picks. Um. Uh, so I'd be really curious to figure out who that fourth name is. And, and God forbid, I hope we have the other three right. Um, I, I, I'd be pretty concerned if we don't. Um, but uh, I, I think that it will, at the end of the day, I, I think that you know it, it's between those three that we mentioned, Nicky Aquano, uh Aiden Hutchinson, and Trayvon Walker. And, and I would probably lean more towards uh, a defensive end based on what we saw in free agency. Yeah, it's
1: to me, I think the Icky Aquano is really just a Doug Peterson pick. It's who he really likes, but we know at the end of the day it's really going to come down to Trent Balky's overall decision. I think he's going to be that final decision maker, even though a lot of people think that there's a better working relationship between Doug and Trent, which I think there is as opposed to him and Urban. I really think there is a better relationship there. But at the end of the day, Valky's going to be the one making the final call. But their meeting on Monday, I believe, or Tuesday, whenever it's going to be when they make that final decision, is going to seem like it inclu- it's going to include owner Shad Khan. And I don't think Shad's really dialed in on what player because, you know, he, he doesn't seem that interested in football itself. But I think Shad is going to have questions like, okay, Aiden's, Aiden Hutchinson's the name, so is that who we're taking and why not? And I think, you know, Trent already convinced Shad not to fire him. So, Trent probably has a really good shot at convincing Shad on Monday to take Travon Walker as the number one pick, even if it's not what his head coach wants.
0: And just looking back, what a wild ride we've had since January. I mean, we've been mocked – you know, it started out Evan Neal after after you know we we knew we had the first overall pick, and then it went to Ikeaquano where where rumors started to come out that uh, you know if we were going to go off as a tackle that that we probably were a team that were higher on Ikeaquano than we were Evan Neal and uh, his run blocking prowess. And then after free agency and after you know the the coaches' hirings, it looked like all right, you know you you uh, you re-signed, uh, you you franchise-tagged. Kent Robinson, you brought in Brandon Scherfst who we assume play right guard. Um, you know, it may end up that he ends up playing left, but at the at the at the moment in time, I would assume that he's your right guard. Um and then it kind of looked like defensive end was was the way that we're gonna go. And everyone assumed Hutchinson as he's the going favorite, you know, he's uh, he's the you know, if it's not Kyle Hamilton, it's Aiden Hutchinson as the number one player in the draft and as time's gone on recently in the last you know 4 or 6 weeks it, it's really looked as though Trevor Walker's the favorite uh for his you know physical uh prowess you know arm length speed size um, he's not as refined as a pass rusher and he, he wasn't as productive a player in college um but it, it looks like Trent Balky uh is really going to bank on those physical traits And uh, if he is the pick, then then the Jaguars will be banking on his ability to progress as a pass rusher.
1: Yeah. Physical traits, just as a Jaguars fan, scares the crap out of me. And when I think physical traits and who player A could be, I'm terrified of memories of Dante Fowler and Taven Bryan. Cause Dante Fowler was not going to be a top five pick for anyone else, but us that year. And Taven Bryan, some people were like, oh, he's got these J.J. Watt-type qualities. but And there were some projections. Obviously, there were mocks in 2018 that had Taven Bryan possibly as a late first-round pick. But if you look at who picked after us in 2018, I don't think any of those teams take Taven Bryan. Obviously, the the Ravens still take Lamar, and the picks after that are probably still not Taven Bryan. And so, like, when you're drafting a guy based on, oh, this is what he could be, Doing it at Taven Bryant at twenty nine overall, sure. Doing it at number one is what gets you fired, and so that's why Travon Walker. Now, I think Travon Walker is going to be a really good player for a really long time in the NFL uh, once he figures out exactly what his position is. But if the Jaguars are drafting him to be a stand up rusher, that's a huge mistake, and it's not fair to Travon, and it's not fair to defensive coordinator uh, Mike Caldwell. It's not. It's not fair to any of these guys. And I think you know Caldwell. It's been reported that Caldwell and, you know, outside linebacker coach Bill Shuey like Hutch. That's who they want. They like Hutch. And so I think when you have a first-time D.C., if your head coach is on board with it, even though I know he likes Icky, take the safer bet at number one, a guy that you can almost guarantee is going to be really good. Like, the people in my mentions that compared Hutch to Taven Bryan shouldn't be allowed to tweet about football. Like, these are two guys that – Hutch was a Heisman finalist. Like Taven Bryan, outside of we talked about it earlier, you know, off air, like most he he, he wasn't even that he wasn't even
0: that good. He was just a guy in Florida.
1: Yeah, he wasn't even like he was like the what third or fourth best D lineman at Florida in twenty seventeen. And Hutch was the I believe wasn't he the runner up? Didn't he finish second in voting this year?
0: Oh, I can't remember. I
1: mean, he was a Heisman finalist, which if you look back at defensive players over the past, you know, 20 years that have been Heisman finalists, there's like, there's not that many. I mean, you had Tyron Matthew, you had Glenn Dorsey. uh, You obviously had Charles Woodson who won the whole thing, but that was mainly all – that was a lot to do with returning.
0: Well, and people Um, talk – people talk about Trayvon Walker being – uh, on this great stacked Georgia defensive line, and it's true, Georgia's defensive line is really good, uh, and they're going to be really good for a long time. That Jalen Carter kid defensive tackle looks like he's going to be one of the best, you know, players coming up in the upcoming draft. Uh, but it's not like Hutchinson played on a bad defensive line.
1: No, he played on the best Michigan team in a, a decade.
0: Like, if David Ojabo hadn't torn his Achilles at his pro day, he'd be a top twenty pick. Without a doubt. Uh, and and you, you also got like Chris Hinton's not, you know, he's, he's, you know, solid, really solid college player. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, they make uh, a lot of people will give Walker that benefit of the doubt because he played on a really stacked Georgia defensive line. But at the same time, you know, Hutch played with David Ojibwe. Um And, and
1: in, in years past, he played with Rashawn Gary and, you know, different guys like that. I mean, he's, he's played with some really good players.
0: And, and Walker uh, is really, you know, everyone, um, you know, clamors him for his run defense, and it's, he's a really good run defender. Uh, but at the same time, Hutch is as well, and he's a very good pass rusher. And, it's, and from a physical trait standpoint, it's not like Aiden Hutchinson is not a good athlete. I mean, he's a fantastic – he's a 9'6", he's a you know, 9'7", RAS. It's not like, you know, it's uh, – you know, we're, we're not talking about some average athlete. This dude's an elite athlete. And aside from his arm length, this dude would be, you know, like 10 RAS, um, you know, up there with, like, Walker and, and Boyd Um So people talk about the physical traits of Walker, and it's like, all right, are the physical traits that, like, p- the, the physical traits between Walker and Hutch enough to counteract how much better Hutchinson is right now than Walker? and how much productive, more productive he's going to be in his first two years. Because you're going to draft Walker, and you're going to be in a situation where he's not going to be an immediate impact player against the pass.
1: Yeah, and I'm just I, – I question it so much because, like, Trevon Walker obviously has a lot of buzz around him. But, like, if any other team – let's look at any other team in the top ten. Okay, if any other team in the top ten is drafting one, Right. So let's say Detroit's picking one. They take Aiden Hutchinson.
0: Let's take, They take
1: Yeah, let's take let's say if Houston's picking number one. I think they either take Hutch or Aquano. If the Jets are picking one, they're taking either Hutchinson or Thibodeau. So you're talking about the first four teams in the draft. Most likely a lot of them are not taking Walker if they're picking first. Now, could the Jets take Walker at four? Sure. But if any of those four teams in the top four are picking first, I don't think any of them are taking Travon Walker. And that worries me as if we're the only team. It's like kind of like when we were the only team that offered Nick Foles a contract and we paid him $88 million. Like we're bidding against ourselves. Like I don't think Travon Walker is number one on any other board if they're picking number one. Now, the Giants might have him number one at five, or the Jets might have him number one on their board at four. But I don't think if any team in the top five or six is picking one. I don't think Travon Walker is number one on their board. But I could almost guarantee that at least seven or eight of the top ten would have Aiden Hutchinson number one.
0: And and it's not a knock to to Walker. Um, you know, if we were picking if we were picking in the back half of ten, you know, the, uh, of the top ten, you know, I'd be I'd be stoked. But this, the the situation the Jags are in, they have to take a productive player. You you can't. The, the, they can't take a, a player uh, that's a project or, um, you know, a boomer bust type guy where, you know, you don't know how soon it's going to work out. If it does, you know, they have an option to take a player, very productive college football player, who's a great athlete, who has, you know, very good traits. They have the option to take him at number one. And it doesn't look like that's going to be the case right now. You have Aiden Hutchinson, who's a 9-6 athlete, um, as productive as you can be and as good as you can be at the college level. And he's sitting right there at one, and uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the pick. It looks like it's going to be Trayvon Walker. Um, for the physical traits, the, the slightly you know better physical traits that he has over Aiden Hutchinson, he is the best. Uh, I believe he he's a ten at RAS or is it nine nine, nine nine nine.
1: I think he's nine nine nine.
0: Um, you know, he's one of the best athletes to ever come out at at uh defensive end. But at the same time, it's not like this class is not loaded with elite physical talent at the defensive end position. You look at the top like five or six guys, KT, Ojabo, Hutch, Walker, Boy Mafe, Jermaine Johnson are all at least like 8.5 and above and i know all of them except for jermaine johnson i believe are above nine uh boy Maffe is like 996 or something ridiculous. Really yeah like that. and it's then not-
1: and then you and then you've got the kid out of purdue uh you know uh george uh carlos Karlo- i don't want to pronounce, yeah, want to pronounce he's, in, he's in the
0: eights and then you've got yeah. a, a becca as well who's who's you know no slouch uh and he was a productive player as well uh, at penn state um so if they if they wanted to go offensive tackle, you know they, they would have some options there at thirty three. I, I don't believe that they've pigeonholed themselves into strictly going uh, edge rusher. Uh, it looks like that's going to be the case. I don't blame them necessarily. Um, but you know if if Iki were the pick, they would definitely have options with high ceilings who are really productive players in college at thirty three. You're talking Arnold uh, uh You're talking Boy Mafe. You're talking David Ojabo, who who'd probably wouldn't be able to play this, this upcoming year. But still, you're getting a really high-profile, high-ceiling player in David Ojabo, who could be one of, you know, he has the chance to be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um, and then in later rounds, even, uh, you know, if the Jaguars decided to take Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker, you've got to get a lot of guys like Josh Paschel, uh, you know, you've got uh Guys like D'Angelo Malone, um, who, who – these are some options uh, where she wanted to double yeah, up. Yeah, King, uh,
1: Kingsley, Ignabari from South Carolina, uh, Nick Bonito, Cameron Thomas from San Diego State, Drake Jackson. Um, you know, Sam Williams from Ole Miss has had some issues, but I think some of those legal issues got cleared up. He's a really good talent. Um, uh, Jeffrey Gunter from Coastal Carolina is a really good edge rusher. Alex Wright from the, UAB. Yeah, I think there's a lot of edge depth. And I am on – I am definitely on team – I'm on team take two edges. I like the idea of taking – hey, let's take Hutch at one and let's take another more stand-up guy maybe in the fourth or fifth. And people, you know, kind of in my uh, in my feet on the timeline, you know, talking that, that we shouldn't do that because we have so many holes. And I'm like, we also have 12 picks. <laughs> like, you know, why not double up at one of the most important positions in all of football? Possibly – you could probably say the third – most important position after quarterback and tackle.
0: I'd say second. Uh, So, and and also you're looking at, you're looking at you're not, the draft isn't solely for just this year's team needs. You know, you have to look at the future. Um, You know, a lot of teams, you know, are looking, you know, two, three, four, five years down the road. Hey, what are our needs going to be here in the future? And, you know, uh, I would hope that the Jaguars plan to bring Josh Allen back. I would expect that that's their plan, um, but you know, you have a lot of you have a lot of guys who I would assume are not going to be on the team in you know one two years. Your Caleb Von Chase on, your Roy Robertson Harris is, uh you know, especially especially that defensive tackle position, we're pretty weak right now. We've got a lot of names, um, but you know, if they if they wanted to draft a Travis Jones at thirty three, I'm not that opposed to it, uh, or a Logan Hall, you know. Uh, I think those those are some options there. It's not you know your your standard picks right now in the mock drafts, but if you're looking to add defensive line talent, um, and, and you want to have a, a stacked defensive line, you know those are some positions that uh, are really important to you, and, and you could build a strong defensive line for the future in the next five you know ten years.
1: Yeah, like me, you talked about earlier, all fair. Like, I expect one of those D linemen to be all for a roster uh, after the draft, whether it be – probably not Roy Robertson-Harris because of his contract, but somebody like Malcolm Brown, uh, maybe somebody like Chason uh, might be – I don't think – one of those guys is not going to make the team. And so you have to think. So, by the way, not to scare you, because in Jaguars fans, we live in a constant state of fear of what's going to happen. the deadline for the fifth-year option is in nine days. A, yeah, it's right after the draft. It's on May second, I believe. And Trent said, "Balky said today, and their ability uh, availability before the draft." Trent said they have not yet had that conversation. I'm like, either you're lying or you're really bad at your job, which would not sh- either one would not shock anybody. Like
0: I, have, Josh I Allen, have to believe they're lying.
1: Yeah, I have to think they've already had the conversation.
0: I don't you know what conversation there is to be had.
1: <laughs> like. J- You drafted – first of all, Josh Allen was considered by most people the steal of that draft. He was not supposed to make it to seven. He was supposed to go – everybody said he was going to go, what, was it three to the Jets? Like that's what everybody mocked was Josh Allen three to the Jets. And he just falls into your lap. And he is – now granted, was he great in 2021? No. Did he show still flashes of greatness? Watch the Buffalo game and tell me, does he not still have incredible ability? And he's still super young. Um, obviously he's been healthy. He's been, you know, he keeps himself in good shape. He's really quick off the edge. Like
0: he won that Buffalo game for us single-handedly
1: by himself. Like he outdueled the, the, the other Josh Allen, who is a quarterback. So not many edge rushers outdo a quarterback, (laughs) but he did it. Uh, And he single-handedly won that game, you know, him and Matthew Wright. Uh, So, you know, it's, it's, it shouldn't even be a discussion. Like if you can, if in the next – let's see, the draft's, in, the draft's in less than a week and the deadline is a little bit a week away for the fifth-year option, if you can go ahead and lock up Josh Allen and Aiden Hutchinson in the next ten days, as a Jaguars fan, especially if you love defensive line play, that's going to give you a little bit of hope, which as a Jaguars fan we live in a state of perpetual hope until August gets here.
0: It, the only conversation they should be having is how much does this dude want and how how how, how soon are we gonna pay him?
1: Yeah, it's sh- it should be a conversation. It should be less of a conversation of picking up the option and more of a conversation a of Let's go ahead and extend like, the guy. Yes. Like it doesn't make any sense to wait because you can pick up because you can you're gonna pay him in 2022 and he's not gonna make much money because he's still in that rookie deal. His fifth year option is still not a huge contract. If his extension kicks in in 2024. Then who cares? Like money in twenty twenty four in the NFL is imaginary. Like go I ahead would, and sign that deal. To I would go ahead and sign p- him to sign him to a five year deal. Lock him up, and basically it's a seven year deal in theory because you already have him for this year and then the fifth year option. Uh, pick it up and then sign him to an extension because wouldn't that go ahead and lock you in for twenty twenty three and then the extension could start after? Yeah, that, um, that's the way to play it. And if you don't want to do five years, do four years, and that way he's locked up for six.
0: Well, and you want to do it right now because this past year it was just Josh Allen. It was the it was our, our defensive line was Josh Allen. You know, hopefully this upcoming year, you would hope that he has some more help on that defensive line. And the defensive coordinators are like, all right, all we have to do is stop that one guy, and, and we're golden. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, Dwayne Spoon's a, you know, solid player, but he's not, you know, keeping defensive coordinators up at the. Um, the,
1: the the one thing to be hopeful about is regardless of who the Jaguars take at number one, our D-line is still going to be better than twenty twenty one. Yeah, because it's, you're going to have jo- you're going to have Josh Allen. You have Smoot. You added Arden Key, who had his best. He's coming off of his best career season, and he's making a very small contract. And then you're going to get either Aiden Hutchinson or Trevon Walker, who's instantly better than Taven Bryan, who's instantly better than Caleb on Chase on, who's instantly better than. Other guys that we've played at the defensive end, edge rusher position. So your D line, no matter who you take number one, is going to be better than twenty twenty one because it already is better than twenty twenty one.
0: I'm really interested to see what how they how they set that up on defense. In they talked about still running predominantly a three four with different looks. Um, I in the modern day defense, I don't even understand what that means because no team hardly ever runs a seven man front nowadays. Anyways. Um, not in a passing league. Yeah, if you, if you're not nickel, you're doing something wrong. Um, and I know I know the Jaguars even ran big nickel, um, you know, in, in the last couple of years. Uh, so it's uh, I'm I'm intrigued as to what their defensive line formation is going to look like uh, in terms of you know is is are they going to draft Hutch and put them on you know hands in the dirt? Are we standing him up. He's a pretty big boy. Uh same with Walker. You know, Walker's like 280. I would assume he's handed in the dirt. Um and, and would play on one of the one of the big ends in your three four front. Um, but uh that's gonna be really interesting to see, you know, what exactly they do there. Is it gonna be him and Smoot on either side I and mean, then you got Arden Key and Josh Allen playing playing linebacker spots. But again you can't run you can't run seven man front is it's just not it's not realistic in the day so i i don't i don't understand uh you know when people talk about four threes and three fours because it doesn't exist anymore it's four twos um you know or three threes the the, the seven-man front you know on first down maybe or on obvious running downs but you know it's, it's a nickel or dime every every down in the nfl um So that's always been uh, a recent mystery to me as the league becomes more and more passive dominant, um, you know, but definitely, maybe it's the Titans. We played Titans twice a year and they just run our, run our asses over. Uh, But I I think when it comes down to it, it's going to be either Walker Hutch. Um, It sounds like it's going to be Walker from everyone in the, in the league. Uh, You know, right now it's been the hot name going around. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see what happens at two and beyond. Um, I think most teams were probably expecting Hutch, you know, a few weeks or months ago. Um, so that may throw, you know, this all into uh, all into a spiral, you know, for the rest of the top ten and down. Um, it could get it could get pretty nutty, uh, especially with with how much uh, uncertainty there is in this draft compared to a lot of others. Um, uh, especially with quarterback, in, in reference to quarterbacks, um, you know, this year everyone assumes Malik Willis is the first overall. Uh, is the first quarterback taken? no one has any- idea, any idea where or to who it could be it could be anywhere from two to twelve um you know and two to ten and it could be to any team it could be to a team that's picking there it could be to a team trading up um and then and then beyond willis it's even more of a mystery as to where pickett and other these other quarterbacks go um you know, I think Hal is probably the guy looking outside right now that has the least chance to go in the first round out of the top five guys. Uh Corral's got a chance, I would say. Um uh, but I, I think Ritter probably has a better chance to be the third quarterback taken as it sits right now. I think the league is probably a lot higher on him than the media is.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think uh I think for summary and we talked about this me and you all fair for the, to me, the team that screams Matt Corral is the Seattle Seahawks. You know, their, their drafting process has been so unpredictable, maybe more of any other team in the NFL over the recent years. Um, you see them take a guy like Rashad Penny when no one expected him to be a first-round pick. Uh, you see them take, take the linebacker out of Texas Tech a couple years ago when no one saw that coming either. Um, now, are they going to take him at nine? I'm not saying no, because it's unpredictable. And Pete Carroll, you know, doesn't really care what anybody thinks. You know, he, he'll he he'll take who he likes and he'll run with it. And they're usually still pretty good. But you have to remember, Seattle also has picks 40 and 41. So because of their Russell Wilson trade out, could they take best available at nine? Could they take Charles Cross, Derek Stingley, somebody like that? And then use forty and forty one to maybe move up to twenty twenty one and still get Matt Carroll, you know. So I think that's something to watch. Uh, to me, Matt Carroll screams Seattle Seahawks, and I think that, I think that's who Carroll likes. Um, obviously, if he's a chance to get Willis or Pickett, I don't think he has a chance to get Willis. Um, I think Willis goes before nine overall, and I think if a, I think if Carolina's desperate, Pickett does too. Um, so I think Matt Corral makes a lot of sense for Seattle, but I agree. Desmond Ritter, I think, seems is a little higher in the eyes of most in the league. Um, I think Atlanta at eight makes a lot of sense for Ritter, but I don't think it happens just because I I think that most teams probably don't see, obviously, Desmond Ritter as a top 10 pick. I think Atlanta probably likes him, but not at eight. Now, if Atlanta, for some reason, traded back with someone and could take him in the teens, uh, they're able to make that make sense to their fans and people like that, you know, a little bit. Um, But I, I agree. I think Ritter is probably seen a little higher in the eyes of NFL teams than definitely than Sam Howell and definitely, and then Matt Corral. The only thing I, the only way I see, like I said, Matt Corral going ahead of him is if Pete Carroll just does what Pete Carroll does and takes a shot on a guy that nobody expects.
0: And, and uh, another important thing to remember is how, how much these teams value that fifth-year option, especially for a quarterback. You know, if Seattle was to go back up, or any other team, you know, Detroit or, or, or whoever, to go back up into the back end of that first round to go get somebody. Uh, and this year especially, since the depth from, uh, you know, picks like, say, 15 to 60 is really good, and there's not that big of a difference. Um, you know, the, the top 15 is, you know, um, you know, pretty set in stone, but once you get to 15 to 60, I know Daniel Jeremiah said that he's got, he's got those, his players and his, uh, board rate closer than this year than any other year. Um, you know, that you're talking about the difference between, uh, you know, saying George Karloftis and a boy Mafé, and that's like a 20, you know, board ranking difference, but in grade wise, it's not that big. Um. And I think that another thing you're going to see – so I expect three quarterbacks to go first round. I don't know where. This this year's a mess. Um, I expect Pittsburgh's going to try to be involved uh, in one of them. I I expect uh, Pittsburgh, Panthers, um, Seattle, and Detroit, and then the Saints are probably your five teams trying to gun for those three quarterbacks. and and maybe you see a playoff team with you know, uh, you know somebody looking for for a potential replacement. Maybe you, you know, uh... Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um. Gosh, it, it depends they on how high. Lo- they have a how, lot of quarterbacks. How um, high
1: are they on Kyle Trask? That's what it comes down to. Because it's not yeah. Blaine Gabbert. It's how high are they on Kyle Trask?
0: And you have a new and you have a new head coach there. Um. And another thing uh is uh is just Indy. Where and how high does Indy take a quarterback? Is that is that where Sam Hal goes in the second round? Or do they have do they do they have a second round? Or are they in the third round?
1: I they traded their their second rounder that they traded to Philly became a first because Carson Wentz started. So they should still have their second. I believe so. Or did they send their set no, they sent their second, I believe did they send their second to Atlanta for Matt Ryan?
0: They might have. Yeah. I think they have a third.
1: Yeah. But I mean, but you could still get, I mean, Sam, Howell's gone by the third, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so are those other top four guys. And then you get into, uh, you know, you get into Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky, uh, Caleb Ely from Western Michigan, Carson strong from Nevada is actually not a bad quarterback. Um, so that becomes interesting. Um,
0: Sam Sam Howell's gonna be I I think the one that's that's left out of the mix in the top there. And that's gonna be really interesting to see where he goes.
1: Yeah, because I think there's a lot of teams there at, you know, the the mid second round that have picks that maybe could have a quarterback need. You know, if you're Atlanta, could you use pick forty three on Sam Howell with uh with already drafting maybe Vest available at eight? And then you take Sam Howell at 43. Uh, you know, 40 and 41 belong to Seattle. If Seattle takes best available at nine, do they either take a quarterback at 40 or do they maybe use 40 and 41, like I said, to move up? Uh, and then, you know, you're looking at a team like Minnesota at 46. Could Minnesota at 46 take Sam Howell? Because sure, Kirk Cousins is is making a lot of money. He's under and contract it, for, for more it, years. but
0: And it doesn't sound like they they uh, hold Kellen Mund in that high of regards. No, um,
1: was it Mike Zimmer that basically said that he ain't good in a presser in the middle of the season?
0: Yeah, it, well, they, like they, who's you know, they, they've got? They've got new uh, new infrastructure there and new guys leading charge. So, You know that could be completely different now. Uh, but you know that, that could be a spot. You know where they see uh, they signed Kirk Cousins to two more years. Um, yeah,
1: and 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 he's making a lot of money uh, in those in those years. But I look at a team with Sam Howell potentially dropping, if you're the New Orleans Saints, could you take best available in the teams at both picks and then land Sam Howell still at 49? If you do that, like if the Saints, say the Saints land Jamison Williams and either a top top tackle like Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan or maybe they land, um, you know, Devin Lloyd at linebacker from Utah with Jamison Williams and then get Sam Howell in the second, I mean – The Saints – I'm not saying those guys are all pros, but the Saints are setting themselves up to maybe not go through a very dark period of being not very good uh, since they lost Drew Brees.
0: I've also heard that teams are uh, thinking that they may not be getting ammunition to trade up for a quarterback but an offensive tackle.
1: That wouldn't surprise me. Them maybe jumping up to – because, you know, a lot of – some of the smoke has been that uh, the Giants would be totally okay with trading five or seven. Do they jump up to five to take Evan Neal uh,
0: or, to, replace,
1: or, to, re- to replace Teron Armstead?
0: Or or you're looking at uh, maybe the Houston Texans at, what do they have, 12?
1: Three and 13.
0: Three and 13. So to go to 13, maybe you get Trevor Penning, Charles Cross. Because the Texans aren't really a team, you know, they, they need, uh, they more so need bulk right now than they need yeah, top and top. Uh,
1: PFF has them as position needs. It says every position
0: i believe uh tdn now does as well
1: it says yeah. like even even the lowly jaguars it just says d-line safety and linebacker and for the texans it says everyone <laughs> and that's a team that waxed to the jaguars twice last year think, with a giraffe
0: at quarterback i think this is the first year in like a decade that offensive line has not been mentioned on the jaguars team needs on a, on a website.
1: Yeah, and that and that's crazy considering
0: <laughs> considering, that DeJuan Taylor, line.
1: considering that Juwan Taylor has, you know, not to talk really poorly about a player, but like struggled, like highly struggled in the you know, in his time in the league. Now, Walker Little, saying Walker Little can play right tackle, sure, I'm sure he can. He's a really athletic, he's a good player. But I used I've coached offensive line before. Granted, it was at the high school level, but I'm just being honest with you. Saying, oh, that guy's a left tackle, he can play right. That's not just a switch that you can just do. Like, he has to have the ability to play right tackle for him to do it. You can't just say, Hey, you're going to play right tackle. Good luck. Like, that's like telling, I don't know. I don't know what's the good comparison in the sports world to make people understand it. But as a guy who's coached offensive line before, like, I would never take a left tackle and just tell a kid, Hey, you're going to play right this week. Like, that's not, it's not the same thing. Now, I think Walker Little is a good enough athlete that he can do it. And I hope he wins the job because we're a better team with Cam Robinson and Walker Little than we are with Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor. I mean, obviously, we're a better team if Cam is on the field. Cam's going to be on the field. But we're a better team with Walker Little playing over
0: Jawan Taylor. Uh, Taylor. Well, even, even with Walker Little playing, I mean, you're still looking at Tyler Shatley at starting center and Ben Barch at left guard. The smoothie man. And Ben, ben Barch ben has not played left, much left guard. No, Uh, and the left guard's
1: what's going to be open. You assume Brandon Scherf plays what he's comfortable playing at right guard, which if we have either Jawan Taylor or Walker Little playing right tackle is actually a good thing because Scherf is on the same side as them. Um, So-
0: I would be very concerned. I would be very concerned if they try to move Walker Little to right tackle and Brandon Scherf to left guard.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but, but what makes us, I think, a better team is, and we'll talk about some of these late round guys later, draft a center and then pl- try to play and then play Tyler Shatley at left guard who, who can play left guard and play it at a pretty high level. You know, Tyler Shatley's played guard and center in his time with the Jaguars, and I think he's capable of doing both. Uh, I think they brought him back for a reason. He's probably one of the better depth alignment in the NFL. If you had to – not a starter. I'm saying he's been one of the – probably the better depth alignment in the NFL, in the interior. And I think if you – I feel pretty good – now Cam Robinson is what he is. He's got a lot to prove this year. Um, but if you're if you're looking at Cam Robinson, Tyler Shatley, Luke Fortner, at, from Kentucky, if you take him, play him at center, Brandon Scherf, and Walker Little, your O line is instantly better than it was in 2021.
0: And, and I mentioned earlier that this is really good edge rusher class. It's also a very good interior offensive line class.
1: Yeah, totally. And and Trent mentioned today. That he didn't think it was that deep at guard past like the first couple of rounds. And like, obviously, Trent gets paid to do this for a living, you know? But I, as as just from what I see, I disagree because I look at guys like Tyler Lindebaum. I look at guys like Kenyon Green, Ed Ingram, Cole Strange, um, Cameron Juergens, Jamar- Luke Shortner,
0: Jam- Jamari Sawyer.
1: Yeah. Alec Lindstrom.
0: Darren Connard.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I think there's, I don't know. I feel like, Obviously he thinks how he thinks, he's an NFL GM, I am not. Um, We just disagree on this one. I I think that there's much better interior offensive line talent in this draft than he's given credit for. Uh, And there's also, you know, uh, Jeremy Saylor from Georgia, who's a tackle that most people expect to play guard in the NFL. That's another really good football player um, that most people expect. And from what I've, people I've talked to on Twitter, most expect him to play guard. So that's another guy you add into the interior class.
0: Uh Kim Juergens as well from Nebraska Um you know I, I like the I like the interior lo- uh, class a lot better than I like the tackle class
1: Um uh, yeah because I think sh- the tackle class is sh- very top heavy
0: especially where the tackles will be taken in this class it's going to be pretty nutty Um, you know I don't believe that Trevor Penning is a first round pick or first round talent rather uh I don't believe that Bernard Ryman and Tyler Smith should be considered in the first round, and that's going to happen as well. Um, so I, I believe that the tackles are probably going to be overdrafted, especially high, because this tackle class is it's OK. It's not great. Uh, you know, you got in round two and three, you got guys like uh, Nicholas patet Frere and uh, David Falale um, from Ohio State and Minnesota, respectively. Um, You've got Rashid Walker from Penn State. Uh, it, it, I just don't feel as good about those guys in, in yeah. on day two as I do, like, Cole Strange, Luke Fortner, Jamari Sawyer. Um, you're
1: you're probably looking at six offensive tackles in the first round. Dylan
0: uh, you're Parham. Looking
1: at, yeah, Dylan Parham, uh, who took a top-30 visit to the Jaguars. Um, I believe he played center and guard both, I think, at Memphis. Uh, so, mm-hmm. he's a guy that – so, hey, you go to camp, okay? Do you want him at left guard and Shatley at center or vice versa? Like, you have guys that have the flexibility to play both spots. I think I think um,
0: Strange can play both spots. Um, I think
1: he can, too. Strange is kind of a, a different body type for most interior offensive linemen. Um, but I definitely think he's a guy that can play center because I think Cole Strange uh, – now, granted, some people, and the people that say this just I don't think follow the draft and the players that hit often, uh, people are going to say maybe because he played it T- UT Chattanooga that he hasn't played against, like, great competition or whatever. Um, But you see so many offensive linemen come into the league from no-name colleges and ball out. I mean, you know. The
0: surprisingly, small school offensive linemen play is, like, fairly successful in the NFL. But
1: yeah, well, because you have these guys that maybe weren't big enough to play at Alabama, but that maybe they go to, like, you know, they have the kid from Southern Utah. Um Braxton Jones, who many people think is a really going to be a really good offensive lineman in the NFL. He was to Southern Utah. Like, I don't know why he wasn't good enough to go to Utah or BYU or Oregon or Washington or somewhere in that area. I, I don't know why, but we've seen before, I mean, you know, the, the Denver Broncos took a guard very early last year from, I believe, a Division three school. Um, as for, same starts with a Q. Like, man, I can't think of it. Top of my head. I, I'm sorry to him. Um, but a really good football player came from a D three school. Uh, he was a he was a man eater, you know. And so, like you can find these O linemen from these you know uh, FCS Division two, maybe even Division three schools. And, uh, if you can and, grab a guy like Cole Strange, Cole, Cole Strange was a really really good college offensive lineman, and I think it's going to translate.
0: And credit to the Senior Bowl for finding these dudes.
1: Yeah, the Senior Bowl does a Senior Bowl does a job.
0: really good job at finding these. Uh, Small school, you know, sometimes D2, D3 uh, offensive linemen and bringing them to the Senior Bowl and really giving them a chance to to square off against these, you know, SEC Big 10, Big 12 players. And and a lot of times, um, you know, they do really well. Like uh, Ben Barsh last year at the Senior Bowl did did very well. Um, This year you had Trevor Penning, who had an up and down week, but, uh, you know, certainly looked at least like he belonged at the Senior Bowl. Uh, and he's got a very good chance now to go in the first round. Um, yeah, so
1: but, definitely a shout out to you know Jim Nagy and those guys at the Senior Bowl. Yes, uh, you know they do they do a phenomenal job, and hopefully, if if we're nice to him, maybe one day Jim Nagy will come on the pod and you know <laughs> and talk some Senior Bowl with us. Um, but you know he was he was an NFL scout for you know well over a decade, so like he obviously has had experience hey, you know, go find me the best D3 O-lineman that we could maybe steal in the fifth round. Uh, that's going to be, a, you know, a six- or seven-year starter. So, he already knows what he's looking for because he's done it before at the highest level. And so, Jim does an incredible job of – and that's not just him. He's got a team, obviously. But Jim and his crew do a really good job of getting guys paid is the best way to say it. Like, they take guys that without the senior bowl – and there's other bowl games, you know, the Shrine Bowl, there's other big-time games – But the Senior Bowl is really the one because, like, the seniors are the ones that came back to school for a reason. You know, they weren't – they didn't leave after their redshirt sophomore junior year to be top picks. These are guys that played all the way through their senior year uh, for whatever reason, and a lot of them are given the platform to become – I've never heard of this guy – to day two pick uh, because they go up against – sec big 12 big 10 o lineman and d lineman and they hold their own. and scouts are all there and they're like oh okay and so you know player a from wisconsin whitewater this guy can block anybody and so he that guy just went from uh hey what helmet what logo is that on your helmet because i've never seen it before to a day two pick
0: so personally for me um i had to write for a school for a school assignment i had to uh to live tweet the senior bowl um normally i'm more so a practice guy but i was watching the senior bowl and uh there's this running back from baylor and i was like dang this guy's got a few good runs and he's got a few passes and he's making some plays out there and i was like i haven't watched this guy i was like who is this and i'm like "Abram smith and then i watched it uh, watched you know watched him after the senior bowl and i was like dang i like this guy and so that's that's an instance where i i didn't know who the guy was um and then after I watched the senior bowl game, I was like, dang, man, this guy's uh, you know solid, solid, you know, fourth, fifth round pickup for running back. Obviously running back's got a little bit lower value. He's probably a better player than that in comparison to, to where um, the rest of you know, his classes. But uh, it, it, he was a guy where I didn't know who he was. And just because of the senior bowl, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't watch much payload tape. Uh, but uh, after the senior bowl, I was like, hey, this dude can play football. Um, and then another guy, Terry McLaurin, was at the Senior Bowl a few years ago, and uh, he was the player that uh, didn't have, you know, the big the big buzz coming out after you know, he played at Ohio State, and he didn't have the big buzz. And then after the Senior Bowl, he just lit it up. Um, you know, dude looked like one of the best route runners, you know, that didn't have ever come out of college football. The Senior Bowl, and uh, you know, it's ended up that he's you know one of the one of the best receivers in the NFL now. Um, and speaking of receivers, I, I expect at least six to go in the first round. Um, you're talking Jamison Williams, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Um, and then you're talking the last one being one of Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, uh, Christian Watson. Um, those are probably your four there. Um, I, I, yeah, can't, see, I can't you're, imagine. You're looking, you're, you're, looking at a,
1: yeah, you're looking at a guaranteed five. And then you're looking at it could end up being seven because at the at the end of the first round you have Green Bay and Kansas City. Now there's a chance that say Traylon Burks falls to Green Bay, uh, but if he doesn't, then Green Bay is gonna. I don't want to say like getting really desperate because you know
0: good teams don't really get desperate. Don't don't forget that they also have 22 now.
1: Yeah, so I'm saying okay, so say say the Patriots. Who, wanted, who were interested in Amari Cooper. They did get Devontae Parker. But let's say they want to add another weapon, 21 right in front of them, they could nab trail, uh, Traylon Burks, and that could be the run, and that could be the top five guys. And so then you could end up with Skymore, George Pickens, Christian Watson, Johan Dotson, two of those four going, and it ended up being set, uh, seven wide receivers going in the first round,
0: which wouldn't shock a soul. Uh, Buffalo is also another team that's been rumored to look at receiver. Um, you know, a lot of teams are stocking up on receivers uh, to go make these runs for uh, the NFL, and, uh, you know, that's a team that, that that has been looking at receivers. As well as, don't forget, that Detroit has pick 32.
1: Yeah, and Detroit could go so many directions with pick 32. You they, know, signed,
0: could, they signed DJ chart to a one-year deal.
1: Don't bring that up. That's fine. I'll just I'll – just I'm on Raw. I'm on all Raw. Sad, say, sad about that.
0: I'm on Ross St. Browns, a really good number two option. Uh, you know, they may envision DJ Chark. If he has a really good year this year, they sign him to a longer deal. Um, but, uh, but I think it would, it would still uh, behoove them to, to at least look at receiver at 32.
1: And I, I really hope that happens. I hope DJ Chark balls out and gets paid uh, just because I love the guy since he was in high school. Um, but Detroit could take any other direction there. Like, because you think, say Detroit goes to Kayvon Thibodeau at number two. Do they grab Matt Corral at 32? Do they grab Quay Walker at 32? Do they grab um, Lewis Kine at 32? Do they grab Christian Watson at 32? Like Detroit, that 32nd pick, like you could honestly make the case for any position except for kicker or putter.
0: And that's really good. And that sucks for us.
1: It does because you just know it's going to change our draft strategy. If Quay Walker goes 32, Trent's got to change his mind because it's been not really a secret that he really, really likes Quay Walker at 33. Um, You know, it's – and we'll talk about the 33rd pick, you know, later on. Um, So,
0: we're just going to pick two oversized, giant, athletic human beings from Georgia who both have the same last name.
1: Well, and then you're mentioning the fact that we also already have Walker Little so you include him in the Walker, 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 Walker. Who's
0: who's, who's another uh, athletic? Um, freak. So
1: we'll take so we'll take Rashad Walker, the tackle from Penn State. That'll give us four Walkers. <laughs> um, we're gonna draft Kenneth Walker in the third round to play running back. So that's another one. Uh, and we're just gonna keep taking. We're gonna we're gonna try to set if we're gonna be good at something, we might as well like set a Guinness <laughs> World Record for most Walkers on one. Most team.
0: Walk. That's how I feel with the Tampa Bay Rays with Lows and Lows.
1: Yeah, and had, then we should three get, of them at one point. <laughs> and then the first Duval of the year should be Chuck Norris as Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger. Uh, you know, at the bank setting us off for uh, maybe we can double our win total again and win six games in twenty twenty two.
0: But if I had to guess, that that's probably your most likely one uh, one in thirty three is, is Trayvon Walker and Klay Walker. Um,
1: I I think it is. I, I think the only thing from what I've heard, you know, I've talked to Dylan and the guys that are obviously way more plugged in than I am. Um, you know, I feel like what I've been told, what I've seen is they want Quay Walker at 33 unless Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa is there. If Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa, falls to 33, then I think that's the pick. Um, so I think, honestly, you're looking at an ideal, honestly, two players at each pick. I think you're looking at Hutcher or Trayvon at one, and I think you're looking at Quay or Linderbaum at 33. Now, if they're both gone, all bets are off when it comes to what Trent might do.
0: Personally, Hutch and Linderbaum would be a would be a wet dream at one in 33. That if would we be get H- if we
1: get Hutch and Linderbaum, I might um, need you to come bail me out because I'm gonna I'm gonna do some things in celebration that may not be allowed.
0: You're gonna be um, streaking down the streets of Louisiana.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so. But I think one direction they could go. We talk about a couple guys at thirty-three. We talk about Quay Walker. We talk about Linderbaum. A very late announced reported visit was Chad Muma, the linebacker from Wyoming. Not
0: special.
1: No, and so if say Quay goes thirty-two to Detroit, which some people have mocked, what if Linderbaum goes late in the draft to maybe a Kansas City or Green Bay after they get their wide receiver? Um. So. I think then you could be looking at Chad Mooma as the 33rd pick. Now, Chad's a good player. He's a really good player from Wyoming, good linebacker.
0: Um, And for reference, he had a 9.8 RAS.
1: Yeah, and and he's a guy that you're not going to get at 65. He's going to be long gone by then. So I think that could be their third option. I also think there's a couple of safeties that they might keep their eye on just in case. Um, I think fans, myself included – maybe see safety as a bigger need than Trent does. Um, Cause we do have Rashawn Jenkins wasn't great last year, but he's still under contract for a good amount of money. You have Andre Sisco who showed flashes of being really good late. They have um, met with a the couple,
0: they have met with a few safeties. Um, they did. They
1: uh, Kirby Joseph from Illinois came in for a top 30 visit and Illinois alum Shad Khan is in the building. Um, uh, not that he no, has any clue. I'm sure who Kobe Joseph is. Uh, but you also have Percy Butler from, you know, <laughs> here it's just – they just call it Louisiana, but I still call it Louisiana Lafayette. Um, Percy Butler's not a pick at 33, but he's probably a 106, 157, that fourth or fifth round range. A very good player. Um, so they have entertained some safeties, uh, but it makes you wonder if Lewis Kine is sitting there at 33 and Quay and Linderbaum are gone. I think you take Lewis Kine, me personally. I take Lewis kind over Chad mobile and I'd I think, look
0: at it. I would as well. I think,
1: I think Moom is a great player, but I think you take Lewis kind because I mean, he's just another player. It's like drafting. It's the niche thing. It's like taking an LSU player after the 2019 season. Now granted we took the wrong LSU player after the 2019 season in Caleb on chase on, who, by the way, I hope has a huge 2022 because it'll just be good for the team. Um, but we should have taken Justin Jefferson, but that's another pod episode. Uh, we could redraft the Jaguars for the last 25 years and have a, it'd be very sad, but fun at the same time. Um, I think Lewis Kine is a player that the Jaguars were probably now granted reportedly didn't meet with him at the combine. He was not running on a top 30 visit, but like we talked about earlier, all fair. Nope. Blake Bortles said so he like, had never heard from the Jaguars. And then Dave Caldwell takes him three overall uh, when he had convinced others that he was maybe taking Manziel. So I think, that it'd be a possibility if i had to if, if 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 i had to put a bet on four players at 33 i'd say quay uh muma linderbaum and lewis Kahn. i think i would almost i would almost bet the house that one of those four players is a jaguar early on friday
0: and i'd add uh, one more name uh linebacker wisconsin leo chanel
1: yeah Louis, um, he's a leo's another good player
0: another thing
1: that kind of fits what they want.
0: And all of these dudes that we just mentioned are nine and above RAS, and that seems to be Trent Balky's uh, you, you know message is madness. Um, you know Lewis Kine has a 992 as a free safety, which is absurd. Um, you know this dude, this dude is, is six foot two, uh, two eighths, a little bigger than six foot two, and ran a four, three seven. that is moving uh, for a player his size. Uh, and you look at you look at the the, the defensive backfield for us, you know, and, and that's look that's starting to look really good, you know. You got Lewis Kine, Andre Cisco, you got Darius Williams, uh, Shaq Griffin, and Tyson Campbell. You would hope that that'd be your five for you know the next while. Um, you know, maybe Shaq Griffin, you know, they move on from him in a couple of years, but uh, you're looking at a really solid, high projection. Secondary there, and if they want to, if they want to finalize the secondary, i uh, you know, I, I would not be mad if they take Lewis Kine at, at, at thirty three.
1: Yeah, and I th- and I think it would be a good pick because then you're looking at you also have Daniel Thomas and Rudy Ford, who in spurts this year did not play poorly. Uh, I the defensive secondary.
0: I've always um, wanted to see Daniel Thomas get more playing time. Yeah,
1: and then the best really thing like that, that comes from the bet and the best thing that comes from that, if you were to take Lewis Kine at thirty three is we don't have to watch Dewey Wingard play safety anymore. He can just play special teams. Uh, I think it was funny, like the people that love Dewey, and this is not personal towards him, the people that love Dewey so much had nothing to say when not another team made him any offer in free agency. Like he got offered a free a restricted free agent tender, and not only did nobody match it, there was never a report that he even spoke or visited another team.
0: And God love him. Uh, he he did lead the NFL in missed tackles last year. Yeah,
1: well, and he did people, not. There, <laughs> he did
0: he did not play the entire year. There
1: are people on the timeline <laughs> that defend him, like their firstborn. Yeah, so I, you have to be careful with the Dewey Hive that's out there.
0: You know, I I respect the hustle and the cult. You
1: know. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Jaguar fans are very. They love they love a good cult. You know, it's we've not, had.
0: It's not like Jaguar fans have something more or better to you know be culty about than than Dewey. It's not like we have you know the best roster on the planet. Uh, I, it, 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 go ahead. Oh uh, uh, no, I was, I was yeah, I was just saying
1: it, it's it's just it's just one of those things where Jaguars fans. Now I get the cult behind like Blake Bortles. He was a quarterback. He was a top five pick. Like I, I get it. People loved him for. Way more than just what he did on the field, people loved the human being. Um, but the Dewey love is something else because, like, he's just it's, and it's and he's such an easily replaceable position. He's not a quarterback. Like he was, he, he got he shouldn't played be a safety. because no. Well, <laughs> Urban Meyer didn't know who Andre Cisco was. He couldn't pick him out of a lineup of you know if he lined up every player side by side, he he didn't know who Andre Cisco was. And, like, that's just, like, that's bad. Okay, we don't have to talk about Urban Meyer. We're talking about good stuff. We're talking about draft excitement and possible draft <laughs> picks. Let's not talk about Urban Meyer. Uh, uh, and let's just move on to something, uh, maybe a happier topic.
0: So, so I think uh, 1, 33, 65, and 70, I think you're looking at some combination of, you know, edge Rusher, edge Rusher 1, we, we assume, um, and Then thirty three sixty five and seventy, I think you're looking at linebacker, offensive line, and then either defensive line or safety. Um, yeah, and I, and, and, and I think that's receiver, pretty. I think that's pretty. I think it's pretty well. safe.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we've had different people kind of report it. Uh, you know, Mia O'Brien, who works for Ten Ten XL now, she was uh, First Coast News, I believe, before. Uh, Mia reported a while back. Uh, kind of unofficially, like she didn't make a big deal out of it, but she said that they're not taking a receiver at thirty-three, which that kills dreams of a lot of people that I've tried that, to talk to. And
0: that's what that's what Dilla has has also, uh, you know, looks like said that that looks like that's the case.
1: Yeah, and also she said they're also not taking a receiver at sixty-five either. She said seventy was probably the earliest, and and then you're looking at some some still good players, um, but I mean a receiver at seventy. You can still get, and people need to relax about like when you take receivers. I mean, didn't Cooper Cup go to like Eastern Washington or something like that? Yeah. Like
0: Re- receivers and O linemen have have a pretty good track record coming out. Yeah, of Yeah, you schools.
1: you can take Khalil Shakur, you can take Calvin Austin, you can take Wondell Robinson. Now, granted, I know they're not like really X receivers and stuff like that, and people are banging the table. Yes, we do need an X, but I, I don't mean it as far as the positions they play. I believe it more as the talent level is still going to be good at pick 70 and even maybe 106. Like a guy like Danny Gray from SMU that ran really well. Um, You know, Thornton from Baylor, who's another really good player that um, has been reported that the Jaguars are interested in. Ran Uh, super well. (laughs) Yeah, he has small hands apparently, but like if he can run past everybody and Trevor can just put it in a basket, then that is beneficial. Um, so I think I think the receiver talent is there for us to still get a really good player at seventy and maybe one hundred and six. Another
0: another player that uh, that I've seen a lot of Jaguar fans mock and and, uh, and beg for for the Jaguars to draft is Justin Ross. And we may disagree on this. I don't know your thoughts on Justin Ross. I'm sorry. I'm I'm basically out. Um, uh
1: I have Justin Ross on my list of later players strictly because he played at his best when he was with Trevor. Uh, Trevor likes him a lot. There's a lot of chemistry there. And in the fifth round, is that a bad pick? You know, like if he's the pick at 157, now he might be gone before then some team might really like him. But based on like his testing and stuff, some people think that he could fall to the fifth or sixth round. I
0: I wouldn't um, be mad in the fifth or sixth round. The fifth or sixth rounds, you know, pretty much whatever to me. But you know, in, in the in the first two days, like I, I'm 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 not considering it. When you test but like, when you test that poorly with medical questions that he has, and he hasn't played good football in a very long time, um, I, I I'm just in a pretty deep class with at like offensive line and edge rusher. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to take a player who had uh pretty much the worst 10-yard split in the history of his position. Uh it's, it's he's not a player that that I'm considering in the first four rounds.
1: Yeah, and there and there's players there in that range in the, you know, 4th, 5th round that like even if we haven't taken a receiver, there are guys on my list that I think are just better for our team in that range, even if they're not a receiver. You know, I look at guys, uh, you know, Luke Fortner is going to be, he's going to be a guy that we have to take at 70 because he's going to be gone past that point. Um, the center out of Kentucky. Uh, but I look at guys like uh, Noah Elis, the defensive lineman out of Idaho. Uh, he's a really, really good player that should be there in the fifth round. Um, Marquise Bell, the safety out of Florida a and uh, who's kind of the darling of the FCS, you know, in the draft this year. Um, really, really good player. Um, you think of a guy like Jason Poe, the guard from Mercer, uh Mercer. He's kind of shooting up draft boards recently. Um, he could be a steal there in the fifth or sixth round. Um, I will bang the table to use a sixth round pick on Cade York, the kicker out of LSU. I think we need competition there. I think if you can get a guy like Cade York, you can be so automatic at the position of kicker. I would rather take Cade York in the fifth than Justin Bross. <laughs> you know I agree. um and then another guy he's guaranteed to miss the 2022 season because of a surgery but if damone Clark is there at 157 i don't care if you've already taken a linebacker you take damone Clark damone Clark's a second round talent in my opinion um he was he had a like if you go look at the stats of Nakobe Dean 2021 he won you know the uh, the Bigneric or whatever for best linebacker in the country uh, DeMone Clark had better stats than he did playing against very similar competition in the SEC. You know, DeMone Clark, I believe, had more tackles for loss, he had more total tackles. Uh, I think Nicobi might have had more sacks. Um, but LSU didn't really use DeMone Clark primarily as a rusher. Um, but DeMone Clark, he's gonna miss 2021. He's having, uh, I think, spinal fusion surgery. Um, and so he's gonna miss 2021 or 2022. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I'm still, I'm you know. New year. Uh, he's going to miss 2022, but he is going to be a really good player for a really long time. And I personally am in the camp that we need to double up at linebacker in this draft. And if you take one at 33, but then another one in the fifth round and it's Damone Clark, then I think that's a huge steal late for uh, Trevor Walker.
0: Nekobe Dean had more sex than Trevor Walker.
1: That And that's another reason why Hutch should be the first pick. Because <laughs> uh, Nicobe Dean – is possibly going to slide out of the first round.
0: Oh, beg, beg your pardon. They had the same amount, six. Oh, okay. Both because, six.
1: And, um, you know, Dilla tweeted recently that if Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker are both there at 33, that Trent would take Quay.
0: I expect the NFL to take Quay. Over. I've heard multiple times that the, the NFL likes Quay yeah. more than Like,
1: NFL. I don't know why Nicobe Dean won that award over Demone Clark. I'm assuming it's because he was maybe on a better team.
0: He was a leader um, on a championship winning.
1: Yeah, but Damone Clark is – if, 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 if all goes well with the surgery, uh, he's a guy that is going to be really good for a long time. Uh, he's not Devin White, but he's a very, very good player to come out of LSU, uh, a team that, you know, tr- like sends out tons of guys to the league every year. Um, but those are guys – and also Ty Davis Price, running back out of LSU. Um, who has a Florida fan, you will remember Ty Davis Price very well from this past season, oh, all
0: those counters uh,
1: when he ran for close to three hundred yards
0: on the same play on the same one yeah, play
1: they they ran counter until the cows came home, and that's another that's a reason why I'd love to draft Ed Ingram and Ty Davis Price because Ed Ingram was the one pulling on most of those counters um but Ty Davis Price came in for a top thirty visit with the jaguars um he's not projected to be a high pick they um you know, PFS mock simulator had him in the early, like, 200s, but now he's moved up to, like, 170. So That's he, where I some, expect him to go. Yeah, there's some movement for him to go. So, if you took him at 157 and he's projected, like, 170, then that's not a bad pick for the Jaguars, especially I, I with
0: – I didn't even know he was eligible until they brought him in. I, I, I figured that he was still there. He came,
1: he came out early, um, and I think that uh, with the coaching change and, you know, all that surrounds that. And he's a running back. landscape. Yeah. Yeah, and um, now there's another uh, running back, um, Sean Haskins, out of Michigan that uh, the Jaguars brought in for a top thirty visit. Uh, that, they, that they seem to really like.
0: I expect them to look at the running back just solely because you know James Robinson and Trevor. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Travis Etienne. Trevor's his brother. That's a recruit at Florida. Uh, both are coming off of pretty significant injuries, um, you know, especially Etienne's is you know an injury that have ended a lot of NFL careers. Um, so I, I, I got some names here. Um, you know, I, I, mentioned some offense, interior offensive line and some edge rushers that are, that are some day two and day three picks. Um, uh, and you mentioned Khalil Shakir, uh, from Boise State receiver. Uh, that's a guy that, you know, the Jaguars have, have talked to. Um, you know, he, he's not, a, he's not an ex, but I, I, I think that, you know, he, he can come in and do some really solid things. Good route runner. Um, Damian Pierce is a player that I, I'd really like the Jaguars to look at, um, Nasty in pass protection, really good receiver, especially for a, a, a player of his uh, skill set. You know, he's more of a bowling ball type uh, brute runner. Um, so it, it's really uh, good to see him have that, uh, have that, you know, uh, third down ability because a lot of guys with similar skill sets do not. Um, Cole Strange, I mentioned from Chattanooga, we talked about him. Uh, Nick Cross, uh, safety from Maryland. Dude had a nutty combine. Um, you know, if 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 they want to, you know, look at safety in those round three, round four picks, I think that's a guy that you could really, you know, take and and, and pair, put in, put in our secondary. If you may not play right away, you know, he, he, uh, most teams don't play their, you know, third, fourth, fifth round picks. Um, you know, unfortunately, we are, we're in a situation where we, that kind of has to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually we can move away from taking players solely because of need and I, and I think that Nick Cross could come in and do some really nice things for us. Uh, like I mentioned, he is a stupid high RAS, uh, very good athlete. And then Zachary Carter, um, is another later round player, you know, four or five round player that I think the Jaguars could take and, and really give some depth to our defensive line, whether he's playing defensive tackle or big end. Um, you know, he's, he's from Florida. Uh, they should have a pretty good idea who he is, uh, considering he's just down the road. Um, but I think that, uh, You know, those are some players and positions of need that I think they should be looking at uh, in those later rounds.
1: Yeah, and every every player you mentioned, like, instantly makes the team better. And, obviously, that's that's what we should be looking to do is making our team better. You know, we are a team that has holes just about everywhere. Um, You know, I think quarterback and right guard (laughs) are, like, the only two positions where you really, really feel good right now obviously like Josh Allen, you know, guys at corner and safety are some talented players, but I mean, just in general, uh, there's not many places that we don't need either a starter or depth. So I think everything you just mentioned, um, you know, makes the Jaguars better. Um, and, I, and I think that it sets us up to really improve in 2022, which I do expect us to be better. Um, I don't have lofty ex- uh, expectations, but this is a very important draft because Trent you kind of mentioned that it today and chuckled about it he knows that this might be his last draft with the Jaguars if things don't go
0: well and you have it has to go well for Trevor like this this is this is the most pivotal year in Trevor Lawrence's career is your second year that's where most quarterbacks make their big jump Um, and uh, I I thought of another player that I wanted to mention Velas Jones Jr. from Tennessee also uh, you know looking like a guy that's going to be a middle round pick that that could have high upside there. so th- this year is, is – uh, I can't put enough emphasis on how crucial this year is to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, after this year, you're going to have a very good idea if he is the guy or not. Um, you know, last year was, w- was pretty, uh, pretty rough. We struggled to move the ball really at all. Um, early on in the season and late in the season, we, we had a little, you know, bitter better success. But in the, those middle, like eight, nine weeks, uh, we, we were struggling to get the ball past midfield um so you know uh, we added some we added some talent at receiver offensive line um you know and in the secondary with Darius williams uh you know hopefully hopefully those players make immediate impact uh immediate impacts i don't expect um don't expect a guy like trevor or travis etienne or um Christian Kirk to have huge years, um, you know, especially Christian Kirk. I've seen some lofty expectations, um, but, uh, you know, if they can come in and be solid, you know, playmakers, and maybe he puts up 900 yards, maybe he just a thousand. I've seen 1300, 1500. Don't expect that to happen. Um, but if they can come in and be solid playmakers for us and, and hopefully build around these guys and build around the guys that we're going to ch- uh, choose in the draft and select, You know, hopefully we can get Trevor on a path for success.
1: Yeah, and so you know, going off of that with like expectations and stuff for Christian Kirk, you know, as long as Lacroix Treadwell is not our leading receiver in 2022, we're better (laughs) than we were uh, last year. Uh, You know, we had we had uh, Lacroix like, and I and I wanted Treadwell back, and I'm glad he's back because I I think that he serves a role on this team. But you know, Taven Austin being like one of our top targets would have been really cool like six years ago. Um, You know, but it's just, we haven't done enough to help. We still haven't done enough to help out Trevor. Um, You know, the fact that we didn't now granted franchise tags are franchise tags. um, I get that. And sometimes these trades are hard because in today's time players have so much power that they're almost able to dictate where they go in trades. Um, You know, Tyreek Hill, Basically told them like he ain't going to the Jets. He ain't recently, he is not extended, signed with an extension. Uh, Devonte Adams said he wanted to go to the Raiders. He has that you know history with Derek Carr. Um, you know, so like in the trade, it's been difficult for us. Now, granted, should we still be making attempts in these trade markets? Absolutely. Um, but the fact that we didn't come away with one of the top X's is very disappointing. Uh, and you have a chance in the draft to fix that. But the problem is, you know, I, I don't expect that to happen. Um, now, but how else do you help Trevor if it's not an ex receiver? You make his line better. You make his defense better. Uh, you get him a running back that can help us until James Robinson is able to go again, uh, that can still play a pivotal role uh, on this roster. Because like, here's the deal, you know, if Ty Davis, say we draft Ty Davis Price or Sean Haskins. When, each, when James Robinson comes back, both of those can be really key special teams guys as rookies until you figure out what they have long-term. And they're with Robinson being down, they're going to have a – whoever we draft at running back is going to have a great opportunity for carries because, I mean, it's just look at the facts. This isn't the Tom Coughlin era with Leonard Fournette. Um, Etienne can't carry the ball 30 times a game. That's not his game. And so uh, I think that we haven't helped Trevor in the way that all the fans wanted receiver-wise. But there are still ways to really help him in the next, you know, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of next week uh, to just make the team around him better. You know, get him a better center, get him a better left guard, get him a better receiver at some point, get him a running back that can help out until J-Rob's back. And, you know, for God's sakes, make his defense better so that he has better opportunities to have better field position, and you know, so he's not having to drive 85, 90 yards on drives. So put him in a position where he only has to go sixty-five yards on a drive, or sixty yards, and put him in a position to where things are easier on him because his rookie year was basically a wash. He had a terrible coach, the system didn't work, he had nobody's at receiver, and so like we haven't gotten to see really at all what Trevor Lawrence is capable of. We're
0: we're still we're still ground zero. You know, for all yeah, his rookie,
1: purposes. it's basically he's basically a rookie again
0: because yeah.
1: he, has, he has his first legit play caller. You we know, hope. We, we hope a guy who's at least had success before calling plays. Um, you know, he, he that, doesn't have to deal with Urban that, Meyer walking that's around in, telling him
0: that his position coaches suck. That's in reference to Press Taylor, not Doug Peterson. I want to,
1: luckily, Doug Peterson's <laughs> calling the place and yeah. Press is not. Um, but you know he's going to be in a less toxic environment you know, he's going to be in a professional environment that's going to set him up to have a much better chance to be successful
0: and uh and before we wrap this up i wanted to to look at the rest of the first round and and try to, try to put some uh pieces together put some put some names to some teams um you know some some teams that that uh, i think could uh have, have some easy matches with players. I look at Minnesota and Stingley. Um, if he makes it there, uh, Miniso- Minnesota is a team that really needs corner. Stingley's a damn good one. Um, you know, if he can stay healthy, that's, that's, you know, something that I look at there. If he ma- if he can make it to pick 13, 12, 12. Yeah. Uh, 13 12. is Houston. Yeah. Um, and 14 is Baltimore. Another one I look at is the Chargers. Uh, it's going to be, I, I i believe it's either going to be offensive tackle or corner. Uh, offensive tackle, I think that'd be a really good spot for Trevor Penning. Um, he may go earlier. It sounds like he may go earlier. If Trevor Penning is there at 17, I think that that'd be a really good spot for him and for the Chargers. Uh, you know, it's that's a very good situation there for that. Uh, and, and also, Trent McDuffie would be an uh, interesting pick for them. Um, Another obvious one, Green Bay and any receiver. Um, I think that Chris Olave would be really fun there at 22. Um, he's probably one of the more likely ones to be there. Um, I would expect Wilson, uh, Williams, and London to be gone by then. So you're looking at Burks and Olave. Uh, so that'd be, that'd be a really fun one with Olave to uh, Green Bay. And then the Eagles, uh, I look at McDuffie and Devonta Wyatt you know that that D line for Philadelphia is getting really old you know Fletcher Fletcher Cox going to be there for you know another 10 years and uh and they still need some corner help aside from Darius Slay they're they're uh not in the best shape there so I, I think you know they have two first round picks they traded the third one to uh new orleans um but those those are uh, two players that i think would be really good fits there and, and could help them out a lot
1: yeah, um, to me, like you talk about Green Bay, I think Traylon Burks makes a ton of sense for Green Bay. Uh, you know, the receiver from Arkansas, that that's one fit that I really like. Uh, another one that I really like is I like Kyle Hamilton to the Washington Commanders at 11. Uh, I think teams have sort of fallen out of love with Kyle Hamilton, even though he is a very good, like, sideline-to-sideline side safety. Um, but I think he's going to fall out of the top 10. Uh, I think that that's a – That's a bet that I would definitely make is Kyle Hamilton to Washington at eleven. Another thing, another situation I really like is I like the Jets dipping at Kayvon Thibodeau at four and Garrett Wilson at ten. I think the Jets coming away with those two players, they both fit. Uh, They've been mocked there a few times, Um, but. That doesn't really fit with one of my bold predictions for the first round. I have the, a couple of bold predictions uh, that I'll share for the first round, Not maybe not so bold. I don't know. Some of these are probably expected. Um, one not so bold one is I expect the Saints to trade up to either five or seven for a quarterback uh, with the New York Giants. I think the Giants have made it known that they're very much willing to do business, and I think the Saints are in a very prime position to trade up to five or seven and take a quarterback. Now, I don't know which one that is. Um, based on their history, I would think maybe Kenny Pickett. Um, but Malik Willis, to me, is is, is QB1 in this draft. Um, so, that's one prediction that I have is St. Trent for a quarterback. Uh, one bold one is I will, I'm still dying on the hill that Malik Willis is the number two pick to Detroit. Um, I don't know why it has stuck with me for a while now. A couple of guys at TDN have been doing it uh, – on their pod, uh, the Draft Dudes pod, um, have been kind of standing on that one. That's another one that I really like. Um, now, it, it may not be that likely, um, but I think they're going to think about it because the, there's been word that they like him. Now, do they like him and have taken him at two? Maybe not. Um, but I definitely think that it, it's not crazy, and I guarantee you it's been discussed in Detroit. It's taking Malik Willis number two. Um, and then I also have the bold prediction that most people don't agree with. Uh, I think Jamison Williams is the first receiver taken. I think Jamison Williams, healthy is easily wide receiver one in this draft, probably in the eyes of most you know experts, if he's completely healthy. Uh, I think that Jamison Williams is the first receiver off the board ahead of Garrett. Just ahead of Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson's the second receiver. But I think that a team in a position that really needs a receiver, will take the risk because from all we've heard, his rehab is going extremely well. Um, So I think Jamison Williams is going to be the first receiver taken, and I think the Jets at 10 are going to be the first team to take a receiver.
0: Dude, Um, stupid fast.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to go – I think they're going to go edge at four. I think they're going to go – Thibodeau is their number one choice. I think they would also, quote, unquote, settle on Ikiakuanu Um, at tackle, if, you know, if he's, if he's, if he's the top player on their board, I think they want Kayvon Thibodeau. I think New York really likes him. Um, could they consider Trevon Walker if he's not, or Trayvon Walker, if he's not the number one pick to the Jaguars? Um, but I think at 10, I mean, I would bet some money on the 10th pick being whatever their wide receiver one is, which, most would say Garrett Wilson, but still I, I'm thinking Jamison Williams is, is the shot they take there because they have two top ten picks. If they hit on Thibodeau, then I think they can maybe take a chance on uh at, at 10.
0: So so say Jamison, uh say Jameson's there in the late teens, early 20s, like 20, 21. Yes. Kansas Kansas City.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Kansas City can trade you they
0: know, got two firsts the, now.
1: Now the deal is New England's not going to do business with them, I don't think. Just
0: I, would not, uh, I would not think. Who's got 20? Yeah, the, Remind me who's got 20.
1: Uh, uh, so, 20 is Pittsburgh.
0: They're now, trading if up. Pit,
1: if they don't trade up and the quarterbacks are gone, they, they could, could trade do down. business.
0: Yep. Yeah, they, they could, they could they do could business. Tra- They could trade down and pick, pick a quarterback.
1: Yeah, they could take could – could they take Desmond Ritter? At uh, 31 20,
0: Yeah, 29. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: Um, you know, that, that's a really interesting pick. Um, You know, Pittsburgh's in a unique spot because they have relationships built with both top quarterbacks. Um, So, Mike Tomlin has been apparently infatuated with Malik Willis throughout this draft process. Spent a lot of time with him, had him on a top 30 visit, took him out to dinner, I think, before his pro day. Uh, and then, you know, Kenny Pickett plays at the same stadium as the Sealers do. And so, apparently
0: – Cincinnati's right down the road. Yeah, figure, so apparently, uh, speaking.
1: you know, Kenny Pickett has reported that he has spent a lot of time with with uh, Mike Tomlin over the last few years just sitting on the bench after practice and just shooting the ball, talking ball. So Tomlin has his foot deep in the water in these top two quarterbacks. And you would think just because Mike Tomlin is, to me, Mike Tomlin is probably the second best head coach in, in the NFL behind Belichick as far as, like, longevity and – You know, success, consistent success. I, 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 if if it was still a thing like the old Gruden days, I would, I would trade the number one pick for Mike Tomlin. Oh, yeah. Um, to be our head coach. And, um, you know, I, I think Tomlin, definitely because he's a great coach, has done tons of homework on Ritter, Corral, and Howell. Um, and I think if they don't trade up, which I really think they will, if they don't trade up, then, get on the phone with Kansas City, trade back to 29, grab you an extra second-round pick, maybe a future pick also, depending on how desperate they are for one of those receivers to drop, and then you land Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter and an extra mid-second-round pick.
0: And you're still in a situation where, you know, um, you could draft a quarterback high next year if you need to.
1: Yeah, because Mike Tomlin, he'll find a way to still win games with Mitch Trubisky.
0: Um, See, so it, it does – Take, taking a quarterback at 29 or, or, or whatever, it doesn't bind them to that guy as opposed to if they trade up to Kenny Pickett to seven, eight, whatever, then you're kind of you're you're tied to that guy. You can't you can't take CJ Stroud next year um, or, or Bryce Young or Van Dyke or whoever. Um, but, you know, if you take one in later, later first round, then you got you have that option. Um, so I I think that's a possibility Um, you know if Kansas City wanted to be really aggressive and they may um, you know and that's that's an option there Um, you know they got the ammo to go do it
1: you know who makes who I just thought makes really good uh, dance partners in the draft Atlanta at eight and Pittsburgh at 20 if they get on the phone with each other could they swap first-round picks? Obviously, Atlanta would get a lot of compensation in return for 12 spots. Yeah, Atlanta now, needs help. Atlanta at 20 can snag either Chris Olave or Traylon Burks because they have nobodies at receiver.
0: Yeah. it's, it's and, pretty and, and, Garrett then, Wilson and, and Garrett Wilson and Janice Williams, that's kind of a stretch at eight.
1: Yeah. So, could you trade back to 20? Pittsburgh gets their QB at eight. They beat out the Seattle Seahawks, who might need one. All right, they beat out the Saints. If the Saints are trying to wait at sixteen for one, and then you also add additional draft ammunition for later, because look, Atlanta beat the Jaguars last year. Okay, but that's not impressive. All right, Atlanta's a bad football team. All right, and they lost. They lost quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, they brought back. uh, Well, they did have Michael Vick. We have to remember Michael Vick. Um, Now he didn't take him to a Super Bowl, but they did have Michael
0: Vick. Matt Uh, Matt Ryan's. Yeah. I'd take that. So <laughs>
1: now, now they bring back their best player in Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts, but their receiver group is a lot of unknowns. Russell Gage is now in Tampa. You know, um, I think that's a great swap. Jags
0: ja- fans think we have it bad. <laughs> they got it really bad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> look at uh, do, do yourself a favor. You know, if you're listening, look up the Falcons roster. It's bad. And every time you see a receiver's name you've never heard of, take a shot, and you will be, you'll be. Need, you'll need a hospital about halfway down the list. Just take a um, shot
0: for every player you've never heard of.
1: Exactly. And so <laughs> keep your eye on that, on that little marriage on Thursday night because it makes sense for both teams. Atlanta has so many holes, you know, and they got some additional draft capital from the Colts. So if they get additional draft capital also from the Steelers and are still able to get a pick at 20 – that lands you maybe the third best receiver, then you've landed the third best receiver, whether it be Chris Olave, whether it be Traylon Burks, uh, maybe if if by some crazy miracle, Jamison Williams slips a little bit because of his injury, then you're landing one of those receivers, and then you're able to still draft an extra second-round pick maybe the Steelers' second-round pick also, and you're able to take a bad roster and load up with, you know, four top 100 picks, five top 100 picks, and then you're, you're instantly transforming your roster.
0: Well, at 20, you're also in a really good situation to take somebody that's maybe fallen if it's not a receiver.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, if there's who, a, so, if there's a... you know, who could fall to 20? Like, what if you're – it's funny. What if you're Atlanta and you really love Desmond Ritter and you can't take him at eight, but boom, you're at 20?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, you could look at uh, a guy like Carl Loftus. Um, you could look at a Devonta Wyatt. Um, you could look at, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you're enamored with one of the corners. Um, 20 is kind of a weird position for corner because, um, you know, it's kind of like top 10 or back half or, or back 10 of the third uh, first round. Um, you know, maybe maybe Trip McDuffie uh, interests you. Um, you know, uh, maybe maybe one of the uh, maybe the, one of the offensive linemen falls to you. Um, that's going to be really interesting I, I, if that trade were to happen. And I, and I think that that's uh, I, I think Atlanta is a spot where that definitely could happen. I think I think it's a lot more likely that Atlanta trades down from eight than Pittsburgh necessarily trades to eight. I expect Trish Pittsburgh to be trading up, but I think Atlanta's definitely a spot that, you know, whether it's for quarterback or another position, that that, that they're going to be really willing to to trade down, as well as the Giants' second uh, first round pick.
1: Yeah, well, and That's the reason funny. that yeah, and the reason that marriage makes sense is because you think about other teams that might want to trade up into the top ten for a quarterback. Atlanta ain't doing Atlanta. Ain't, Atlanta's not doing business with New Orleans. Yep, not you know, uh, even with Terry Fontenot being their GM and old Saints guy, that ain't happening. So, um, but if you, if you move back to 20, if you're Atlanta, could you look at Devontae Wyatt? Could you look at Jamison Williams, uh, Karlofkas? Could you look at maybe Jordan Davis if he slips a little bit? And then you're looking at Chris Olave's maybe there. Uh, maybe Zion Johnson's there because you need interior offensive line help. Tyler Linderbaum, which many people think won't be a first-round pick, but if, he, if you love him and he's there at 20 – we see crazier things happen you know, Tyler Smith is going to be there and you need offensive line help. Um, you need corner help, you know, Stingley and sauce Gardner are going to be gone, but there are still a ton of options at the cornerback position. That'll be there at 20, you know, Andrew Booth, Daxton um,
0: Hill and Lewis kind
1: tyre Elam. will um, also be there at 20.
0: And, and I, I don't think these names that we're mentioning for 20 are that much. Uh, lesser talent than those that they'd be picking at 8. I don't I don't yeah. think th- I don't think it's that steep of a drop off between 8 and 20.
1: So if you if you were a betting man, say say you're putting a, a gentleman's bet, say you're putting $1 bill on one of these two teams to trade up for a quarterback, uh Saints or Steelers. Saints. Yeah, I I, th- I think uh I think you're right. I mean, you know, they're just they have so many so much to prove, you know,
0: the, you know, new coach um and, and, the Saints, and they're in a
1: situation they're in a situation where their quarterback doesn't have to play right away
0: and and they're in a situation and they've always been aggressive yeah you know they're, you got, they're not they're not a team to to uh sit back and, and kind of follow suit and, and watch what happens they've always been a team that's been very aggressive to go do you know you think about the Marcus Davenport trade you know a few years ago they had their guy and they went and go went and got him. Um, you know, you could see a similar thing there, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a quarterback. No, um, it
1: doesn't. I mean, they could they could trade up to try to guarantee. You know what? If, what, uh, if are, what if the Saints? What if yeah? And what if the Saints are sitting there and say the fifth pick comes up, and you have perhaps Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Charles Claus all sitting there at five. Could the Saints say, "Hey, we want to go grab a top four player"?
0: Because they still got a hold of Phil with Teron Armstead going to to Miami.
1: Yeah, I I think the Saints um, could stand Pat and just maybe take Tyler, uh, uh, Tyler Penning and then another player at 19 that's a receiver or a corner that, you know, they have different needs. I feel like they made that trade to trade up. I feel like that's the only reason that they needed it. I think the reason Philly made it is in case Jalen Hurts doesn't work out. Yes. And I think, I think the Saints made it with the intention of trading up. I just don't understand why else they do it.
0: Well, and I, and I think from Philadelphia it makes sense because, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, try to, try to spread their, their wealth because uh, next year is supposed to be a better draft class than this year. Even with the quarterback position aside, this draft class isn't that great. Next year's is expected to be better. They had three picks back-to-back-to-back to back to back almost. You know, kind of spread the wealth out there. Um, you don't expect the Saints to be that great next year, um, so you you get their first round pick from next year. And the Saints are, you know, we assume quarterback. I assume quarterback. It, it you know, I've heard from other people that hey, you know, don't don't necessarily think it has to be quarterback. Um, but you expect that to, to be the case, especially since they traded their first round pick next year. Um, you know, because next year's supposed to be a really good quarterback class uh, with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Tyler Van Dyke, uh, among others, um, but I, I think that this draft class, especially with teams like Jacksonville, Houston, the Jets, and Detroit having holes at almost every position, Atlanta included, um, makes it really, really hard to to try to figure out exactly what's going to happen, um, because there's a bunch of teams with a lot of holes, could take a bunch of, a, a myriad of players, including Tampa, who has every position filled. Um, you know, they could go in any any direction they want to because, frankly, they don't need somebody to start.
1: I think was a team to watch for David Ajobu late in the first round because they can. Um, now, granted, I think that they still do need to address interior offensive line because they did lose uh, one to retirement and one to the Bengals. So, like, you know, maybe – Zion a, um, Johnson
0: makes a lot of sense. Zion there.
1: Johnson, Kenyon Green, maybe they're the team that says screw it and takes Linderbaum anyway because they can. Um but, you know, Kenyon
0: green makes a lot of sense to Dallas as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, could, but a guy like Todd Bowles taking over could change everything. Todd Bowles could be salivating over the chance of we're going to be really good in 2022. Let's take David Ajobu and let him sit for a year and get healthy.
0: And especially, then we, especially, and then we that- spring him on the league. That D line talent, you know, they could give him a year yeah. where he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to play. I got Shaq Barrett and, and JPP, and and they need. They're eventually not this year, but eventually down the road, you know, one two years, they're going to need edge You know, 'cause You know, because you know JPP's not not a spring chicken anymore. Um, so I, I think that uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this this draft plays out. It's going to be really interesting to see what we uh, what we can talk about, and you know, maybe a week or two time, um, you know, after this after this draft uh you know plays out um you know hopefully, hopefully we have good things to say um uh, i'm uh i'm anxiously awaiting the draft uh, you know it's uh i wish i was more excited i'm i'm a bit i'm a bit fearful um nervous i guess is it anxious or nervous is a better better word um but uh hopefully, hopefully the jaguars uh make some fans happy uh this coming weekend
1: you know here's here's the thing you know draft season is like the happiest season as a Jaguars fan, obviously, until, like, it happens. Uh, You know, it's like the season of perpetual hope until, like, we don't get the picks we want. But but here's what you can't think. You know, I think that the NFL draft is – the NFL draft is my favorite sport event of the year. Um, You know, especially in a year like this where it's so hard to predict. So, I I think that what we can do as Jags fans is if Hutch is the first pick, then we can just sit back and enjoy – whatever chaos ensues after that and just enjoy it as football fans. But if we take Travon Walker, we're gonna spend the next three hours while other teams are picking trying to talk ourselves into Travon Walker.
0: And, so I think And we're gonna be over analyzing the rest of the picks.
1: Exactly. So so I think take Hutch first and then if you're a football fan, just sit back and enjoy the night. Um, you know, and hope that chaos ensues because as a as a fan, that's just what's fun. Hope that Detroit goes quarterback at two, and then the Saints and Steelers are like, "Oh crap!" and they have to trade up into the top five, and things get insane. Um, Hope you know, for as many wonder...
0: quarterbacks as possible go first round.
1: Yeah, because then thirty three becomes much more valuable. And if look, and here's the deal: say say four or five quarterbacks go in the first round. Would a team trade you their first round pick or second round pick next year? including there's this year to take that pick 33. So like would a team in the early forties trades you 40 and their second rounder next year for 33, if like a big time player drops. Like then that's when things get interesting, even though I don't expect Trent to make any trades before the fourth round. That's the earliest I would expect Trent to make a trade, uh, would be the fourth round, which is that's a mistake. Uh, it's a mistake. <laughs> um, I, I don't have a lot of courage in his aggressiveness. Uh, but you know, I think it's going to be a really fun night for football fans. It always is. You know, it's my favorite sporting event of the whole year. Um, if we take Hutch number one, I'm going to just sit back, maybe enjoy a few cold adult beverages, and um, and just have fun as a football fan. Uh, you know, but if we take Hutch Walker, uh, it's going to be
0: emotional a lot support of, whiskey.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> convinc- trying to convince myself that it was that he's the next uh, Reggie White. Uh, so. Um, but you know this has been this has been awesome, man. You know, incredible first time doing this. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned on Twitter, uh, you know, I've gotten to know you, and I think you're the you're the perfect guy to take this journey with. Um, and you know, I'm looking forward to many, many more episodes, especially recapping a happy draft result after next weekend.
0: Oh, uh, don't count your blessings with me. I'm uh, not necessarily the most optimistic of Jaguar fans. Uh, well, somebody's got to
1: be on this on this pod. So I yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, I, I guess I uh, last year I projected us to to win six games and that didn't happen. Uh, so we'll just know. project it again, and eventually it has to. <laughs> six six wins ties for the second best in the last decade. Um, Ouch. Yeah, but uh, ho- hopefully this is a good week for us. You know, hopefully hopefully we can get through the weekend. You know, and, and feel a lot better about where our team is. Um, and where our team's going, uh, especially with in regards to helping Trevor Lawrence, because that's ultimately what it's all about. Um, you know, head coach, you know, is a very important piece, and the defense is a really important piece. But ultimately, it comes down to, um, you know, how successful Trevor Lawrence is, and that's going to make or break our franchise for the next five, ten years. Um, but uh, for now, I uh, bid you adieu, my friend. I hope you all enjoyed, and uh, I'll see you guys after the draft. Do Volto we die. Duval.